Pop Shield, a long-form discussion podcast about musical topics both past and present. I'm Gabe, and I'm joined, as always, by Dan. Hello. And Darren. Hello. You know, I like to start each episode by asking you guys, catching up a little bit, have you guys listened to anything interesting lately? Yeah, um, Iggy Pop did a like radio show for BBC uh, about um, Berlin, so I listened to that, and he, mm. he played a bunch of stuff. I, I, I love a lot of German music, and uh, he played... Um, this girl I'd never heard of, Helena Hoff, and um, huh. I've been listening to her first record. It came out in 2017. It's called A Tape. It's just like a real kind of like minimalist uh, techno stuff. It, you remember that album I, I, I liked a lot last year? Um, it was like some Russian letters. Ah, uh, yes, that crazy Russian. <laughs> TPSB thing, yeah. or something. Um, yeah. It, it kind of, it's sort of similar to that. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty rad. Yeah, so uh, in an attempt to try to recover from all the Weezer um, I, to listen to, I was actually listening to a lot of uh, Beethoven um, this past wow. week. And then, uh, and then on Sunday, Pitchfork uh, did uh, Nirvana's uh, Unplugged album from 1993, so I started listening to that. Ah, all right. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, well, I want to say... First off, uh, rest in peace, Mark Hollis. Not that oh, yeah. I've been listening to a bunch of uh, Talk Talk, but I thought we should mention that. Um, I have been kind of smitten by this album. It's this French band called or- Org and Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. O-R-G-U-E space A-G-N-E-S. It actually came out late last year, um, their debut album, and it's just the weirdest. I should send it to you, Dan. Yeah. It's like this swampy almost afrobeat like noise rock um it's it's uh it's i don't know it's incredible but also the album is about 40 minutes long which in my opinion is the perfect length for an album i agree which leads me to today's topic how's that for a transition that was good that was, um, that was brilliant <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> you know lot shorter than a ba- the, your typical beethoven piece but uh, anyway a couple of weeks ago we got an email from jackson who said some nice things about the podcast thank you by the way and then asked i'd be curious to hear your guys take on the effect that streaming and digitized music has had on the average length of new albums i think it's fascinating that we've been getting records that range in runtime from an episode of a sitcom it's an interesting way to put it like vince staples fm push a t's daytona kanye west yay etc to that of a feature-length film or long Lil B's Black Ken, Julia Halter's Aviary, Aviary, etc. Of course, long albums are nothing new. Has Darren still not listened to Kesto? I don't believe he has. Uh, Well, you know, full disclosure, I saw this and I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get this. And then I saw the little subtitle where it's like 234. And then I realized (laughs) that's how many minutes the album was. Exactly. No, thank you. (laughs) Wow. What a shame. Damn shame. You're missing out. All right, Jackson continues, but it seems like these two extremes have been somewhat of a trend lately. How does this affect the digestibility and enjoyment of records as holistic works of art? Has playlist culture completely taken over album culture? You know, this is a big question that we've spent a lot of time thinking about and discussing off air, actually. So we thought, why not use an episode to finally get to the bottom of it? I I seriously doubt we will get to the bottom of it, but we can try to hash it out. So (laughs) let's start with short albums i think we all remember last year it felt like they were taking over there was kanye's wyoming project there's other stuff like that uh jackson mentioned like uh vince staples fm but um earl sweatshirts some rap songs stuff like that uh just seemed like it was really becoming a thing so i want to start you know prior to this streaming age why, why do you guys think an artist would release an ep or a really short album 
like before it always seemed if if a like mainstream band did it it was always kind of like a, a b-side dump you know mm-hmm. it was like a, it was a way to either uh, put out songs that were only available on singles like like uh nirvana has hormoning ep right. and it's uh you know um you know stuff like that it was just it's sort of like a thing for like you know the super fan maybe yeah um, or a way you know just to like make all of their music ex- like available kind of yeah yeah i mean that's always been my impression you know sometimes i would sort of think there would at least be like one song maybe like a single like this was just an extended single how the ep would work um right i think yeah. like animal collective they did like uh water, water curses and like the first song was great but then the other songs you could kind of tell were like you know throwaways yeah. b-sides not really meant to you know there wasn't a complete idea there you know yeah it does kind of seem like i mean you know, I don't want to get this podcast like going cra- crazy out of control, but if we go way, way back, you know, obviously <laughs> the EP is, you know, it's it's rooted in like a physical size of a record and that kind of format, those kind of formatting restrictions. And um, but at least in like the CD era, it does seem like it was very much a um, a way to just sell uh, unused songs. And yeah, sometimes treated like glorified singles where there's like something new that's you know, going to sell the thing, but the target market is kind of like hardcore fans or, um, maybe some cases like for early bands, it's like to kind of get some attention so they can get a real record deal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, but, but there was something about a, of a laziness to it. Right. But we all know like really good EPs, right? So what makes an actually good EP? I think what makes a good EP is treating it like it's an album and not, um, you know, a single stump. Like, yeah, I, I I think the most people would agree one of the best EPs ever is Godspeed Slow Riot, and that is mm-hmm. like just a short Godspeed album. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whereas like the Nirvana hormoning thing, you know, the only people who have that are big fans. You know, because it, it's a it's a it's a dump of B sides and whatnot. I think like treating it like it's just a, a shorter version of what you normally do, or you know, or an album. Um, is what makes it, you know, worth listening to, worth picking up. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, some of the EPs that I like, um, I think of one by Joanna Newsom, where she took, uh, you know, studio songs and uh, recorded them in like kind of like a live studio session. So like a live EP kind of thing. Then? Exactly. Yeah. So there's still like a different, you know, they're taking these like popular songs or great songs from the album, but there's a different feel, you know, there might be not, there might not be as many like instruments and layers to the song, um, uh-huh. that kind of stuff I like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, I remember, you know, being young and, and learning about certain famous EPs and, it's all sort of part of this like cult of a band, like this idea of a band having great EPs or great B sides. Felt like such a you know incredible accomplishment. I think Radiohead was very yeah. famous for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Bloody Valentine, obviously, and it's still like a completionist thing. But it's sort of about this. You know, they're so good that even their disposable stuff is good. Um, but it, it does sort of like recognize the disposability of an EP. And I agree with you, Dan, that when they're not, it's when they're sort of treated like a regular album at the same time i kind of think that i think it's something we'll talk about a lot but sort of there, there's a, a a part of embracing the format you're working in and using it as a strength so 
you know, Godspeed, you're right. They kind of do sort of like a short Godspeed album, but they do this really intentional thing where it's going to be like these two tracks are going to sort of complement each other and that's going to be the whole piece. And it's sort of like, you get what I'm saying? It's like actually embracing the limited format, you know? Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think... You know, you you if you don't embrace it, you're gonna it's gonna either turn into something where you at the end of it you're like, oh, you know, that's it. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I'm I'm left wanting the rest of this album, or it's just gonna turn into that that you know B side dump feeling thing. So you, I, I think part of it is definitely embracing the uh, limitedness of it. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning that that one in particular, the Godspeed album, isn't that like still like a 30 minute? <laughs> yeah, it is a little long experience. <laughs> True. You know, and that's what that's what I, I want to mention, actually, is that because um, I want to determine is this sort of trend we saw starting last year and maybe a little earlier of really short albums. Um, is it different from what's happened in the past? Because we, we've always had EPs and we agree that they're usually a little lazy, but there's also been you know fantastic really short albums um you know something like i was just sort of glancing quickly at some things that came to mind like the ramones first album is like 28 minutes or something yeah bob dylan's nashville skyline 27 minutes nick drake's pink moon like 27 minutes um weezer's green album not a great one but we talked about it last week under 30 minutes um so is is something different happening between what happened back then with these short albums and what's happening now? Yeah, because I think that, you know, you just came up with, what, four examples uh, over 50 years, you know? Well, there's obviously more, you know? Yeah, I know. Plenty of, like, 30-minute around there. Panda Bear's Buoys came out just recently, and that's also about 30 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I I get you, but what I'm saying is, you know, you had to look for a handful of examples in the last 50 years, whereas you also rattled off five examples from last year with with it alone with no problem okay. you know at the top okay. of the show so do you think darren that it's different that what's been happening now is different than what was happening back then i th- i mean i think so and i think we'll get into that when we kind of start talking about you know the digital age and, and uh-huh. playlists and stuff you know um i guess my my thought goes to like kanye west um you know, because his career has seen him with albums that have lots and lots of tracks, right? All right. the way up until now, where it's like he has this sense of urgency and, um, you know, wanting to get albums and songs out as quickly as possible. And, you know, we're, we're getting albums like Yay and the whole Wyoming Project stuff. Um, it feels different than, like, say you know, Weezer just having a less than 30 minute album or like Nick Drake who, you know, maybe, you know, it, it, like when I think of those albums, I think like, yeah, they, it wasn't about urgency. It wasn't about get this out there as quickly as possible. It's like, this was all that this album needed. You know what I mean? Okay. Whereas yeah, nowadays I, it just feels like I, how quickly can we get something out there? It doesn't matter if it's 40 or 50 okay, minutes. Okay. So speed. You know? Okay. I, I agree with you. And you know, like, like some of those, albums you mentioned gabe especially like pink moon uh, you know if you ask if you ask me how long pink moon is 
I would probably, right. I would guess like 45 minutes, you know, it's not Same. like it yep. doesn't, it doesn't feel short. It, it feels like that's what that record needed. You know, it, nothing feels extra or, or, or like it, you know, I'm not left wanting more or anything. So those don't like sort of feel like the EP kind of thing. And Kanye is another good uh, example because he's, he's one of the, off the top of my head, one of the only people I could think of that's like from that pre-digital age, you know, like his first two records are are deeply in that rap time of like tons of skits yeah, and fill just, the whole and then, CD <laughs> and, and like and then the album ends, but there's like eight bonus tracks that uh, yeah. were never not on the CD. So you know, so are they really bonus mm-hmm. tracks? Um, but he's also like now I feel like has embraced that that is not the way people do things anymore you know with this whole wyoming thing and even you know yeezus is what like 35 minutes i think off the top of my head um yeah yeah you know so like i think he's one to you know embrace it and use the the styles of the day uh album wise yeah uh, accordingly well you know i was i was thinking that because uh, you know something like pink moon yeah i mean the 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 it doesn't feel that short, but the shortness of it kind of complements like the very sparse yeah. nature of it. Like he can't, you know, he sounds like sort of defeated and fragile and it's like he couldn't possibly sing for more than 30 minutes. He's going to go take some sleeping pills and kill himself anyway. You know, like <laughs> not to make too much light of it, yeah, but I mean, it, it sort of fits the theme. It's appropriate. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Um, the green album, same thing. It's like, you know, the, the literal intention is just like rifle off 10 of the catchiest songs, um, you know, as quickly as possible but so i'm trying to figure out you know they they maybe they have individual intentions and that's not the norm i think is what you're saying darren uh or dan of albums of the past um so if this is becoming a trend it does feel like they're trying to accomplish these artists are trying to accomplish something different musically than what those short albums were trying to accomplish because if you think about it you know like you sell one copy of weezer's green album it's just it's the same as selling one copy of you know lauren hill's miseducation it's like you know, that's the same 13 bucks at Best Buy or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. that's one album sale. Um, so maybe there was a little bit more freedom. I mean, I guess, again, I don't want to get off topic, but it's like, there's problems with the CD, CD era about packing too much stuff in, but also there was a little bit more wiggle room because one CD sale is one CD sale. So who gives a shit how long it is, as long as people are buying it. So nowadays we're dealing with something differently, something very different. And I like what you mentioned there, and I hadn't actually thought of that, but urgency might be one um, one reason for this because they want to get things out fast. They want to be extremely current. Things move faster. Do you agree with this, Dan? Yeah, I think I think that's a real good point. Um, it's, it's you know especially with rap. Um, you know there there's things that get referenced on on like Yay that happened you know a, a couple weeks before you know you're <laughs> listening to this record and a lot of right. and a lot of rap does that and that's I think that's one thing that I I, I like about the genre is. You know, it always feels real current. Sometimes it works to the disadvantage where, you know, it doesn't, right. doesn't hold up. But yeah, I, and yeah. I think that's a good reason to, you know, just drop short EP type things um, because you can get them out. You know, you don't have to wait until you've got 15, 10 good songs. You know, you can you can drop five, six, seven tracks, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that is very interesting because actually I was I was was trying to figure out and I think it's something we might talk about more but like why is this happening so much in hip hop specifically? And you're right that hip hop as a genre is very current and very, you know, fast, uh, urgent. Um so yeah, I find that actually very interesting. Um 
you know, one thing is, I mean, I guess if we can try to figure out like why else is this happening, you know, do you think there's a little bit of pushback against the long form albums that we'll talk about later that that seemed like it was coming up becoming a trend as well like you know we could stand out if we put out just like a sleek seven track thing you know and it's and somebody's got to decide do i want to listen you know listen to that on spotify or do i want to listen to this like juggernaut drake scorpion that's going to take me like all afternoon to finish yeah see i think you know like especially someone like kanye who's you know i think kanye really looks at like something as you know a piece of art or whatever like where you know as like one you know a record is one item whereas i think like some of the other people like maybe drake migos for sure you know ray strummer and all they they just make a ton of songs and if they release them all and let you kind of make the album like that works fine for like they don't care if you like i don't think they expect you to like listen to all three discs of uh, uh, culture three like you know in a row you know i i don't i don't think they expect you to do that yeah i don't know yeah i mean i think that uh kind of what I, where i was going with the whole sense of urgency which um you know i think it hip-hop has really leaned into that because you know not only can you release like a proper studio album and it can be as long as you want it to be but then you know there just doesn't seem to be I guess back in the day, it felt like um, there were like these cycles or like almost like seasons where a band would release an album and then you would have to wait two, three, four years before Mm -hmm. they would release another one. Whereas, you know, I think the EP was kind of a way to try to like bridge that gap. Um, In hip hop, they can just throw together like a a mixtape and, you know, their mixtapes can be just as good of quality as like a proper studio album. Um, so it seems as though they're just releasing something every single year. It seems like Drake releases something every single year and he does, you know, it's like, you got to stay, it's like, you got to stay, uh, in the eye, you know, before when, when somebody took a couple years off or you know, like when Dylan didn't release something for a couple years, um, you know, after 66, like that was like mysterious, like where'd he go? And then when, you know, when he, when he finally comes out, you know, with, uh, John Wesley Harding, you know, everybody's like going crazy. But now, you know, if, if somebody, if Migos takes two years off, you know, nobody's going to, yeah. uh, people are just going to kind of forget. Yeah. Because somebody will fill that place just because, you know, it is nothing as Migos. I, I love Migos, but back then, you know, to have a record in someone's hands, you had to be on a label. It, it cost a lot of money to like press an album. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just do it yourself. There wasn't as much music. There just no, simply was not. No, exactly. Now, any anybody can record a, a record on on their laptop and put it yeah. on spot. I've I've done it. You've done it. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, it's and anyone can listen to it. It's right. like so. You know, like when in history has like just some guy in their bedroom had their music available at the same place as the biggest artists in the world. You know, never. Yeah. 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 And like there, you know, the whole process of releasing an album involved like marketing and you know like tours yeah. and all sorts of stuff that would lead up to the release of an album and then yeah. you have to go on you know after the album is released and i mean i guess that still kind of happens today but it's not like it used to be no not, yeah, not at all like it used to be i i do think that you know somebody like drake is he's almost like an exception because a drake album is an event but for most people 
you know, your album release is not an event. You have to stay current. You have to keep releasing stuff. You have to stay in the in the eye, in mm-hmm. the public eye, like you were saying. Um, so Drake can, you know, even though he doesn't seem to, I mean, he can take like a while off and he can develop like this huge album, um, Scorpion, and make it like, you know, the album of the summer or something, whereas most people can't really do that. Um, I want to get cynical, however. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys seem to think, we could talk about this, you guys seem to think this is a, a genuine trend, that maybe we'll, we will see more of this. Um, my opinion is a little different. I'm going to totally screw up the order of this outline because after we made it, um, I had sort of a change change in my thinking about this because I thought these were two distinct phenomena, you know, the short album and the long album. But in fact, I think they're not that different. I think that we talked about the long album being to gather streams because you now get album sales based on streams even if it's all on one song you know sicko uh sicko mode is probably 99 percent of the streams on astro world travis scott's album and that album's like you know whatever multi-platinum because people are just streaming sicko mode over and over again and that's it um so that's certainly changed things and maybe inspired some people to just put out huge albums with a bunch of songs and hope that some of them hit and get a bunch of streams um we're going to talk in a little while about um, Ray Shremard and their very long album, but they treated it a little differently because they divided their last album into basically three albums, um, one by each member and then one of them together as a duo. Um, here's what I think. The Wyoming Project by Kanye is kind of the main reason that we think short albums are a trend. And... It is actually more like Ray Schremmer's album than a bunch of short albums. The idea was to build a bunch of hype for this five albums in five weeks thing. It's basically a quintuple album, because if you're listening to the first one, you're going to check out the next one. The hype like builds, and the idea is the same as Ray Schremmer. Divide, you know, basically a, the new good music album into uh, five seven-track albums and get all those streams, get all that hype, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you've proved it, Kanye, a genius. That, that's, <laughs> once it's again. smart. No, it's really smart. I, I never thought of it that way, but that makes a hundred percent sense. Honestly, you know, like yeah, because and you know he drops his own album first, so you know, yeah. obvious or uh, Daytona was first, which was yeah, you know, was you know the little appetizer. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were looking forward to it, but you know, maybe not the mainstream. You know, your your mom doesn't care about Pusha T, but like you know, <laughs> she and then he might even have yeah. sensed <laughs> that it was the best album. I, I really believe that he thought, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the best one. I'll put it out first, and then people will be like, "Damn, he's on fire this summer." Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And then you know, he drops his record. You're definitely going to check the next one out, and you know, and then because like the Nas record and the Tiana Taylor record, like everyone already kind of forgets about those and doesn't really talk about them, you know, but we all still listen to them once or twice, you know, whereas like if, if Tiana Taylor wasn't involved with this at all, I probably never, even if Kanye produced it, even if Kanye produced her whole record, I would probably not have checked it out. I I probably would have checked it out once and (laughs) not, and no more, but like now I've listened to it a lot, (laughs) you know? Do you agree with me, Darren, on this? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, I think that that whole thing comes from, you remember the hype behind, like, the, what was it, Good Friday, like, the Good Music Fridays? Right. Um, right. Yeah, prior to uh, Dark Fantasy, where you just were looking forward to, you know, Connie said, like, yeah, every Friday we're going to release something, yada, yada. Like, 
I, I think that that was, you know, the start of an idea, and then we see it kind of completely fleshed out with the, with him announcing five albums, five weeks, or whatever. You know, yeah. like here's what to expect. Get hyped. You know what I mean? Like people, like that. Just that kind of thing just doesn't happen. It happens in other, uh, you know other types of media right because you get like trailers for a blockbuster movie you get yeah you know mm-hmm. trailers for a big video game or something like that so you build up a lot of hype but in music it's kind of like yeah new albums coming out sometime later this year no details you know what i mean but like, yeah yeah because yeah, even this little... even the single you know the single used to kind of be the trailer of a record um and now you know a lot of records you'll get a single and sometimes you you know you don't get anything until the you know the album's out you know we didn't get anything from those kanye records until they were out uh you know nothing from the uh new like offset record came beforehand you know like there weren't any you know singles so you're right you know there's no no trailer no uh you know sneak preview whatever yeah and you know there's so basically i felt like a bunch of people were talking about the wyoming project as if it was like wow it's totally a reaction against the super long album he's like standing out but i really felt like it had more in common with the long album than not and here's another here's more evidence okay for my theory all right we got a couple other examples of the short album last year earl sweatshirt some rap songs okay this Mm -hmm. album is fucking brilliant because it's 20, you know, five minutes long or whatever, 24 minutes long, but 15 tracks. <laughs> That's 15 tracks yeah. of streaming that are like a minute and a half long. It streams as much as any regular length album, but it's way shorter. Here's another example. Tierra Whack. I, I, Remember her? I was her? just going to say that. 15 yep. minutes, but it's 15 songs, <laughs> one minute long each. Okay. She is racking up that streaming money. I salute her. What a goddamn <laughs> genius. <laughs> You two are all sweatshirt. I mean, this is all about streaming numbers. The short album is somehow also about just gathering streaming numbers. Our next drone record, we're every minute we're cutting up new track. We're gonna we're gonna make millions off this. <laughs> we should. We really should. <laughs> Not even joking. <laughs> Do you agree with us, Darren? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's a. You know, I guess it's a good, you know, business decision, I suppose. But, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like it. Yeah, you know, I, I did. I actually like that Earl's sweatshirt album. I love um, it as I love well. It. But, uh, you know, the idea of making like a 15 track album, one, you know, one minute each. I, I don't know, kind of dilutes. <laughs> That's gimmicky. For me a yeah. Bit, you know. Yeah, that seems intentional, like yeah. intentionally financial. I've, I've got, a, I mean, I've got another example for you though. the The last Godspeed record, Luciferian Towers, it's like uh-huh. four, it's like four actual songs, but they're all split into like you know part one, part two, part three. Yeah, and it's, yes. it ends Sellouts. up. Yeah, yeah. God, what happened? I think we're gonna see a lot more <laughs> of this, and I almost wonder if we're not gonna see, you know, like songs divided into like. You know, this oh, is one Kanye song. did it. It's like Wolves. He changed. You know, like the uh, oh, yeah. Frank Frank's part is at the is in a right. separate track now. Pablo it's went from track. like fifteen to like like twenty t- tracks by the end. Of it. Yeah, so he knew yeah, exactly. Was up. But exactly. But you know, I think eventually we're going to see songs that are like, you know, it's it's just one song, but it's like the first verse and chorus are the first track, and then the other, you know, uh, rest of the song is another separate track or something like that. Um, to rack up these streaming numbers but you know it also kind of and we'll get into this a little later but that also kind of 
goes against the playlist culture where people mm-hmm. want to be able to add stuff to their playlist. I would say that it's actually hard to add anything from Earl Sweatshirt's album to your banger playlist because they're like kind of really short and mm. doesn't, you know, it needs to be like a whole Out piece. of context, yeah, they don't work. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's the, that's another thing that I, I, I thought was interesting as I was thinking about this is that, you know, some of these albums, which I really like a lot, well, basically, so my original point was, you know, I don't even know if this is really a trend because there's only a couple things and it feels like a trend, but I think it's more in line with the with the long album. Um, the other sort of maybe contradictory point is that a lot of people were concerned that the digital age would kill the album, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, though, it seems like the album has a lot of power uh, still because... You know, if you try to think about the history of the the recent history of the short album, okay, like the EP as album, you know, I think about like, I don't know, something like Kendrick's Untitled Unmastered, okay? He was, this was kind of like an old school, it was like the halfway point between an old school EP or, you know, something like that and Mm -hmm. the modern day short album because he was a little bit like noncommittal about what it was. You know, he wouldn't be like, mm-hmm. this is my follow up to, to Pimp a Butterfly. Like, he wouldn't say that. Right. And that's kind of the old model because EPs were kind of like, you know, maybe it's like clearing house for old stuff. Maybe it's even sometimes trying something a little new, but you don't want it to have the weight of your next album. Right. You know what it's I mean? like it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't count. If it goes wrong, it doesn't count. Whatever. Um, so there was a little bit of that to that album, to that whatever it is, <laughs> Untitled Unmastered. Okay. But there was also a little bit of a, you know, this is meant to work like a complete piece. You know, it's short, but it's a complete mm-hmm. um, piece. And what's happened since is that these these artists have just started saying, all right, these short things, I call it an album. You know, they've embraced this word album. And it's maybe because people take that word very seriously still. You know, it means this is a big statement. So if Earl Sweatshirt dropped some rap songs and was like, it's my next quote-unquote release, people would be like, oh, what is this? It's probably like unfinished stuff, and it's cool, but it's like, you know, but when he's like, no, this is my album, yeah, people are like, I'm going to take this seriously as a work of art, no matter what length it is. You know what I mean? When you say this is an album, you're saying this one counts. You know? Yes. This is in my discography. And the the thing rap does a lot to avoid that is the mixtape. Yes. You know, mixtape, mixtape used to mean something completely different. I don't want to, you know, this is a whole nother podcast, but, um, (laughs) you know, mixtape used to mean something completely different 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And now it means an album that doesn't count, you know, can we talk about it for a second? Because like, I want to know if if what I thought a mixtape was is actually accurate. Like I used to think that it meant like you would take beats from another song and that's what it used to be your own other rap well that's like yeah. way that's like way old but there would still be like there could be stuff that was new right. um then you start to get into the world of like you know chance chances first albums chance the rapper you know they're like mixtapes mm-hmm. because they're they're like new original works maybe not all the samples have been cleared um but it's like i don't know it's not an official it's, release it's, because it's, it's sort not of commercial. used to- it used to mean like I'm not selling this uh, because yeah. because there's uncleared samples on it. You know wh- whether that was using you know the just the straight beat from another song or something like Chance that or you know like yeah. the first Death Grips. It's sampling yeah, you're, things you're, that you can't get clearance for. But 
you know, now it's it just is an album. That well, yeah, but I, I think there was a little bit of a development there, which is that originally it was kind of like they're half-assed things. No, I agree. Just, yeah, you know, and then they people started taking them a little more seriously because they were like, okay, you could sort of like build an independent movement with like really good mixtapes you've worked hard on and then and again we're just jumping all over we're just going to completely shit all over this outline that we made yeah. um, that's fine <laughs> but you know i was thinking about like drake's if you're reading this too late uh you're too late okay um it's too late whatever the fuck it's called you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah um whoever is too late somebody is too late when they're reading this um so this is the first time that i remember a thing being called a mixtape but just being sold in stores like any other, you know, any other, album, right? Yeah, that that record in particular, I don't understand. That that really is like the first, at least first big one that it, it was yeah. just $15 in iTunes, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was just... And but it, that thing is, that's the power of the word album mm-hmm. because he didn't want it to be his proper follow-up to, um, what was it, Take Care? Was that his the one before... Um, or no, it was the nothing is nothing was the same or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think um, he didn't want it to be his proper follow-up. He didn't want it to be his like fourth studio LP, you know. Um, so he just called it a mixtape, sold it like a regular record, and people treated it like, wow, you know, you know, nobody held it against like his masterworks mm-hmm. from the previous couple of years. Nobody was like, well, this isn't as good and conceptually grand as his previous stuff. Um, this is just fun. It's a bunch of bangers. It's just a mixtape. So. You know, it's dope. It's like that thing. It had the same effect of like when you hear a Radiohead EP and you're like, wow, their EPs are good. You know, like even the shit that they throw away is good. I mean, that's like the same mystique that Drake Mm -hmm. is building by just calling what is literally an album a mixtape. You know, I mean, it's just interesting how in this modern streaming era, when all these things are supposed to not mean anything anymore, terms like album and EP and mixtape, they still mean a lot. They're just used in a different way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. If if that thing totally flopped, he could be like, well, you know. Yeah, it's just a mixtape, yeah. you know, no big deal. No, no, a hundred percent. It's it's like a um a, a safeguard. Um, I think he fucked up because that album's actually really good. That's the only Drake album <laughs> yeah. I actually like. It might but, be his um, best album. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, people like like Young Thug did it with Barter Six. That was supposed to be his debut record, and at the last minute, for <laughs> some reason, he wussed out and yeah. he made it a mixtape and. I think that's one of the best albums in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and he still technically is like not released his debut album. Um, you know, <laughs> right. all, and ha- you know, he's, he's been around for 10 years, you know? Yeah. So, you know, basically that's my theory is that this is not actually that much of a trend. Um, it definitely, the short album introduces some interesting ideas about what, is um you know with the power of these words still but you know darren you, you do you agree with me i mean do you think that we're gonna see like more short albums i mean it's not like i have a, a perfect explanation for everything because vince staples fm is literally short it's not like gaming the streaming thing like tierra whack is um it's funny because it's basically an ep because he released the prima donna ep but in the years you know like the three years since it was like it became acceptable to call a short album an album mm-hmm. and treat it like a big statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of skeptical, but D- Darren, do you think that we're going to see more short albums? I think we are. Um, you know, I sometimes I, I feel like I'm always trying to come from like a 
business angle for some reason, but like I can mm. imagine, you know, people, executives, whatever, uh, you know, they, they see the trends. They, they understand at least the fact that people's attention spans are shortening, you know, and that yeah, music yeah. is vying for attention, you know, against other uh, platforms that never existed before, you know, YouTube, whatever, like whatever's on your phone. Right. And so right. in order to compete, you've got to st- you've got to change things up. And the trend right now is like, how quick can you get an album out? You know, how, how short can it be that still delivers like some sort of statement, you know what I mean? Can keep yeah. somebody's attention long enough to listen to it. Right. Um, there will always be the outliers or the ones that are going to kind of stick to the good old tradition. You know, I think of like Joanna Newsom, for instance, who doesn't release an out. She releases on like maybe every four or five years and yeah. she's not on, she's not streaming anywhere. And if she does release an album, it's usually like 70 or 80 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and her fans eat it up. She may not be earning any new, uh, you know, or too many new fans, right? Um, because her albums just continue to get more challenging and complex. But yeah, I think the trend is going to s- stick with this short album and it may just get shorter and shorter. We may never even hear of EPs anymore because basically yeah, anything right. that you release, a collection of songs is just going to be deemed an album. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, is it even a bad thing? Like, you know, EP, like, you know, it means extended play, and it it, it harkens back to vinyl. It like it, you know, frequently or ten inches. It, it's like now there's no, you know, you don't have to fill twelve inches. You don't have to fill seven inches. You know, it doesn't matter. Like you, you're not making yeah, anything right. like that physically exists. So like, does does the term you know EP is is it just completely antiquated and out of date? Anyway, you know, like does it does it even matter yeah i think particularly the term ep doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but the other terms uh certainly do yeah um you know and i think that i think that a lot of what we're saying uh, we'll get into this later but a lot of what we're saying applies really specifically to like mainstream sort of commercial music um you know experimental music and stuff has always uh played with extreme lengths uh we were just talking about kesto earlier um (laughs) for different reasons that maybe we can talk about. But yeah, I, you know, I do sort of wonder in the mainstream if we're going to get more of these short things. And even if like the, I don't know, even if the original intention was maybe a little bit more cynical, like this, how to gather streams, how to build momentum, um, how to pe- how to get people to take stuff seriously, like take, you know, because that's the thing I, I can't, I can't get my head around is like the CD was great. Well, I guess way back in the vinyl era, the EP and that carried on through the CD era was great because you could dump a bunch of like unused stuff and make some money off it. Okay. In the CD era, we've talked a little bit about this, how, you know, bonus tracks become this (laughs) big problem, but this way that, you know, labels like sell the same album to you again or something, you know, it's like, and then as you kind of like get into music that just only existed in the CD era, you start to see these like really padded, specifically rap albums, I think of, um, but basically everything where it's like, it's almost like you're just putting the bonus tracks in the album Mm -hmm. already. Right. And just even if you don't call them that. Um, So if in the streaming era, it's like, all right, we got to be fast. We got to release stuff quick. It's okay to release something short as long as you call it a capital A album. You know, what are people going to do with their bonus tracks? Are they going to pretend like they're albums now or what? 
I mean, I hope that this is going to finally kill the bonus track. I, I cannot <laughs> stand when but basically any record I download, you know, uh, to my phone from like Spotify. Um, if it's old, I all I always look it up on Wikipedia to see what the actual yep. tracks are. If I if I don't know off the top of my head, because I fucking hate bonus tracks and and jazz albums are the worst. Don't get me started, but. Um, you know, I, I hope that this is going to kill it because the reason for the bonus track was we're selling it to you again. You know, why would you buy uh, Kind of Blue again? I, I've had it on vinyl right. for 40 <laughs> years. Well, oh, well, now you can hear, you know, nine different takes of So What. <laughs> uh, you know, right. that's how they sold it to you back then. But now in the streaming age, every time I listen to it, you're selling it to me again. You know, maybe not yeah. for quite as much money. You, you know, a CD was one you know if i bought it and listened to it one time you got 15 bucks no matter what whereas you know now if i if i it'll take a hundred times for me to listen to it before you get that probably more but you know it's it's like they don't need to sell it to you again i think now we might see more like um you know maybe kind of sort of compilation things like long those those longer eps where it's like you know this is the you know the, the stuff cut from such and such or we're gonna get things like Migos and Ray Schirmer where they just that's everything they recorded yeah. that was of any substance whatsoever <laughs> and there are there are no bonus tracks because this is everything I think I think it's it's already split between those two and that's how I think it yeah. will stay at least until something new comes along yeah I mean I think the the effort now is to you know, try to stay relevant. You know, I go back to that sense of urgency for, you know, bands and hip hop artists, you know, they release a great album, but you know, it's all about the follow-up. It's all about how quickly can you stay in the uh, topic of conversation? You know, if you wait too long, you you know, you're gone, you're old news. Um, So Mm -hmm. use these bonus tracks as a way to bridge the gap, you know, call it a mixtape or call it a compilation. Like you mentioned, Dan, you know, release some live tracks whatever it takes i think that's what we're gonna end up seeing you know and you you we, we were talking about those bonus tracks you know what else used to really bother me is like when there would be like store exclusives right so like oh you yes. get your Weezer I, album at walmart you get one extra bonus <laughs> oh i, I hid that from my mind <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I cannot uh, one of the one that of the worst ones was uh, Blink-182, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was like, uh, and, and nobody email me if I'm wrong, but there was like five different bonus tracks, and you, there was only one per record. And if I'm remembering correctly, you didn't even know which one you got until you bought it. And you like it was like whatever picture yeah. was on the CD, I think. I think so, there was, I think there were three, and it was like one for each member, like written by oh, you know, yeah. each member. That whatever. makes sense. But it was like you had to buy the album. It was like trading you cards, had to. you know? You, you had to and buy... you had to because... You had to because otherwise you would miss out on the genius of I want to fuck a dog in the ass. Um, the other song was like, it was just like fucking and coming and something like that. Oh, then, it's you know, Mother's Day. They were like, you had to buy them because <laughs> yeah, they're masterpieces you're missing. Um, okay. So the other question I want to, I want to ask is, you know, I guess maybe this should have been like one of the first questions, but can short albums be a good thing i mean can they be as good just as good as albums of traditional lengths i think about like kanye's yay we had we had a lot of problems with that and i kind of felt like it was because he was trying to make like a big grand statement in on such a short scale you know it was like i'm gonna make my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in seven tracks and it just was like 
conflicting. So can there be great masterpieces that are like 20 minutes long? I think there can be, and I think there are. Uh, the problem with Ye, I, I agree with you. You know, it, it was he was trying to do something too grand for too small of a, uh, a space. But uh, you know, Jesus, I think it's thirty-five minutes. Uh, is depending on the yeah. day. Sometimes my favorite Kanye record. Um, but I think there's plenty of uh, things that work super well that are short. You know, the Ramones' first record you mentioned. Um, you know, that's a that's a ten ten perfect classic, and I wouldn't yeah. want it to be any longer. I, I thought Earl's record was really good. Uh, yeah, I think I think if you're playing to the strengths of the short album you're not trying to do something outside of the you know you're not trying to make a a a giant full length and and jam it into 20 minutes i think it definitely can i I thought daytona did a great job um you know sticking with the wyoming things Uh, daytona i i don't think daytona is a is a minute too short or a minute too long it is (laughs) it is like a perfect record um so I, I think it can be done. I think it's maybe a little more difficult, though. Um, you know, mm. but I, yeah, the I, flaws I th- stand out even it, more. Exactly. You know, it, when an album's an hour, you you can forget. You know, at the end of it, you're like you you kind of forget the little tiny things you didn't like, maybe here yeah. and there, and you just remember the grandness. You're like, but, for example, like "Lion in a Coma" is a shitty song. Oh, but no. I, I forget oh, all about not, it because <laughs> let's not bring that back up. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I mean, you're joking, but yeah, that that's kind of the thing, you know. You if there's one or <laughs> the idea. if there's one or two songs that are like, you know, not bad, but they're just not as good. You sort of forget about it after 60 minutes. Whereas mm. if if you have a seven track album and just one of those yeah. songs is bad, better be fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna sound like shit. What do you think, Darren? Yeah, I mean, I think it it can definitely be done. You know, um, again, you know, I I, I think that, you know. I have to stress that there has, there should be a, you know, a fair amount of time spent even on these short albums, making sure that these songs are complete thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I love, I love Jesus, but, uh, you know, there, it's a pretty stark contrast to like the amount of time that Kanye spent on dark fantasy. You know what I mean? Um, sure. and then that even, that got even shorter. That amount of time got even shorter with like, yay, it felt like, you know, writing lyrics, right days before it was like a you know, the <laughs> release like of the album weeks. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's just so it's so so different compared to like my understanding of dark fantasy which was like months and months of just crafting this piece of work right sure right. you could you could why couldn't you do that same thing for seven tracks eight tracks you know what i mean sure sure yeah you know it's just weird because when i think about yay you know it's like he tried to do the same almost redemption arc where it's like he's like you know evil and thinking about killing you and stuff in the beginning mm-hmm. and then it's like by the end it's like i you know feel you know i've got the whatever um ghost town is chanting and it's all like glorious and then he's got this daughter but it's like it was too short i mean jesus is like short but it it plays like a punk record it's got like the yeah, energy and exactly. the abrasiveness that would get tiring so it really uses its, its short length um you know, the best possible way. Um, you know, before we move on to long albums, maybe it's impossible to answer. I really couldn't think of anything, but I thought it was like a fun thing to think about. Can you think of any like earlier artists that really would have thrived in this era? Like if it was okay, you know, I think like, you know, I just think of like the kind of so many artists were probably just ruined because they lived in an era when you had to pad the rest of the CD 
and might have been really fucking great if they live now and could just release like the perfect 20 minutes you know what i mean yeah i spent like a lot of time trying to think of that uh and you know i I think like a lot of like rap stuff would have greatly benefited from you know cutting out skits cutting out you know whatever dumb remix or something that was like jammed onto a record um even records that are that are really great could be uh you know cut down like um like ice cubes like america's most wanted uh you know it's a super great record but there you know there's some skits that are dumb and you know a couple songs here and there i'd cut death certificate too um but yeah, I, I yeah. can't think. I was trying to think of like a uh, like a rock artist, and I mean the problem is that we it's like it's going to be artists that we don't remember because they were never good. Right? Yeah, we that's never exactly. Buy... That's what I was going to say. I was trying to right. think of a I rock mean... artist, and I can't think of it. But I was thinking that, that that's basically because oh, I never listened to them because right. they suck. <laughs> well, I mean, I would I would think that bands in the '60s in the Beatles era, where songs were three minutes and less than three minutes, mm-hmm. um, could have you know, potentially have benefited because the whole album would have just been 10 songs that were just two and a half minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I was thinking about stuff like, you know, like, I don't know, something like uh 50 cent, his debut album, get rich or die trying. That's like, a good one. It's like, tw- you know, 25 songs and it's just uh-huh. a bunch of shit, but there were like, you know, you remember there were like five perfect singles <laughs> off of that album. If there was just like one 20 minute album, you know, oh my god, it would be the greatest rap album ever made. Um, okay, so let's move on to long albums, even though we've already been stepping all over this this uh, topic. Let's start at the beginning again. In the past, before the streaming era, why would an artist make a very long album, a double album, sometimes even a triple album? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? I, it's that's a, that's a hard question to answer outside of like experimental music. You know, ex- experimental yeah. music has always just sort of been like you know, outside the rules, you know, it, it just doesn't apply. But, uh, you know, I was thinking like, um, like the Minutemen, uh, double nickels on the dime. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that a double or a triple record? I think it's a double, think, but it might be triple, but yeah. wh- you know, whatever it's like long as hell. And I like, we reviewed that on the old pad a podcast, like uh, a couple years ago. And I think we all, if I remember correctly, we all kind of just thought it was like a little too, like if it was shortened, it would have been really great, but it, there's, you know, there's a lot of filler and stuff. Um, yeah. And so like, I was kind of thinking like, you know, why, <laughs> why do like, why did they do that? You know, they, cause really, honestly, they could have like with that record, you know, they could have cut, uh, you know, half the yeah. mediocre stuff and half the really good stuff and, and put it together and make two really good records. You know, you could have like, well, separated I mean, you know, but how, and, how about like a uh, daydream nation in my opinion? And I, and I hope, you know, to shit it's in your opinion, also a perfect album. I think every that, song is perfect. I think that falls in the experimental category a little bit. I guess so, but they just made sister. So I would, they be like, True. all right, let's yeah. do sister, no. but make it point. big. I mean, it's to make a statement, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a good point, yeah. Daydream Nation's a real good one. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's got to be to make a point, you know? Like, that is a big, it's a, it's a big, um, it's a big gamble. You know, even the, the White Album, to, to release, like, this giant record a, as, a, like, a pop band that's, like Darren said, making two and a half, three-minute songs, you know, to release yeah. this giant record of, you know, full of, of things that are very different from, like, the record preceding it and all um you know it's, it's brave it, it's a it's a big gamble a big risk i think that's the you know maybe yeah i think okay. high good. stakes what 
What do you think, uh, Darren? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think that it's also a way to try to change things up, right? Um, especially for bands that have a very, like, unique sound. You know, I think of, like, uh, you know, like Pavement, like Wowie Zowie. Okay. It's a double album, right? Double? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, very distinct sound. You know, I can imagine, like, the challenge of trying to top, you know one record after another and instead of trying attempting to do that why not just kind of open up the floodgates and try a lot of stuff and we we always talk about that like sort of white album style of a double album where you 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 don't really cut anything off of the uh, of the record you just let you allow all the ideas to stick you know what i mean um i think it is like an experimental thing i think it's a it, it was a way of like just trying to try different things but also still include you know stuff that you're known for stuff that you're great at you know what i mean that's why we always end up not always but a lot of times we end up talking man if they just cut some of these tracks they'd have a perfect record or whatever you know yeah i mean you know so i guess there's a couple different reasons sometimes i think it's to make a big statement like you know daydream nation feels like that like you know we're we're here we're gonna like we're like the band we're your favorite band we're the most important band that's ever you know (laughs) lived or whatever and you know to kind of like really do it um you know something like maybe not necessarily like a big statement like that but like pink floyd's the wall the idea is to like kind of make a big statement it's like you know the to make a big concept album that's like tells a big story you know like be big but then there's also those double albums that are about like sprawling out or experimenting and getting weird wowie zowie uh white album you know stuff like that um i don't know uh Black Foliage and Dusk Dusk at Cubist uh, Castle by Olivia Tremor Control. It's like, explore. Here's a big, big world to explore all over the place, you know. Um, And yeah, there are other other reasons with the uh, with the in the experimental side of things. But yeah, there are a couple of reasons. So I guess those are the things, you know, that make them successful. Right. Is that when they really, really use the size to their advantage. So do you think that recent long albums um you know i think about stuff like we've talked about them already but like drake's scorpion um you know for sticking to popular music um migos's culture too or you know whatever um but also stuff like maybe this is too experimental but like swan's last couple albums have been like absolutely fucking huge (laughs) joanna Um, newsom did a triple album joanna newsom did a triple album yeah um i think uh yeah, you know, Arcade Fire did a double album, you know. But, like, you know, is this new trend of these, like, super long albums, particularly, you know, like, stuff like Migos and Drake, different from these other double albums that we've already been very familiar with? Yeah, I think I think totally. You know, Migos and Drake, um, Ray Schremer, those records are records that are gaming the Spotify yes. number system. Um, and, in fact, like, just... just like an hour before we started recording i i watched um offset was on that uh hot ones show oh, yeah, um yeah. and I, I watched this episode and he talked about how he's like obsessed with um uh the analytics of like music and all which i thought was pretty okay. interesting you know so like that really you know when when a member of the band like literally says that he's like always watching <laughs> yeah. this kind of things you know it, it, it makes sense you know they're they're trying to 
sort of game the system rather than make like some you know i don't think migos is like oh you know it's gonna be like the white album we're gonna (laughs) experiment you know i think it's just like we'll release everything you know maybe a song or two will be a big hit and if it's not you know if a hundred thousand people listen to 20 of our songs that's you know two hundred thousand plays or you know whatever not good at math um and they make you know make a shit ton of money, uh, they, they, no matter what. I think I think like there's two different like camps of the long album, and it's the it's the game in the playlist yeah. kind of thing, or the experimental. You know, like like you said, like Swans, like you know, Jira's not like oh I'm gonna get on some fucking playlist, and <laughs> yeah. make a shit ton of money. You know, like I don't think it. Can, you know, yeah. if the song ends up being thirty and- minutes, it's thirty minutes. You know. And like Joanna Newsom or Arcade Fire did this as well. You know, those exactly. albums, they would have fit on, in Arcade Fire's cases, I think one disc and on Joanna oh, Newsom's. I fucking hate when two people discs. do that. Okay, but. That could be a game. A, that could be a game, though, too, um, because, no, listen, because CDs, I guess you know, so, if we're going yeah. back on CD game, if a double album counts as two sales, a triple album counts as three sales, you know, whatever. Right. So you're it right, is a right. little bit of a game. Little gamey, but. I, I always thought of it as kind of like an artistic decision, which Drake's decision to put one disc of like banger rap tracks and one disc of like, you know, mopey R&B is not in any way some kind of like artistic <laughs> setup. Oh, uh, it's no. For yeah, e- exactly. Ease of playlist inclusion. But so you agree, Darren, that this is kind of like a different thing that's happening? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I can't really think of a hip hop artist that I would equate to you know the double albums of old you know what i mean to me it really does seem like make make an album or a double album with because because i'm gonna have a lot of tracks and i'm gonna get a lot more streams you know what i mean um yeah while i do agree that joanna newsom's triple album didn't have to be a triple album i think that she is attempting to make or was attempting to make you know an artistic statement uh whereas migos and the others just simply we're not so there's a pretty yeah stark difference but i think another thing another thing you have to consider when you're looking at older stuff is like you know some things that we think of as double albums fit on one cd but you know when they were released on vinyl they didn't because things like you know everybody considers my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just a regular you know one disc album but on vinyl it's three discs you know so is that a triple album because you know because if if the who released a record that was the same length you know it would have been a triple record but it's it's you know just because of, because of what year it came out it's considered just a one disc yeah. thing you know i think it's more about like the intention you know and i think that's why like i would still consider joanna newsom's album a triple album and by the way it's i think that album is so good that it deserves three sales for every one sale <laughs> but but yeah you're right i mean I, I forgot to mention this, but if you think about it, you know, it's it, the physical constraints have always sort of determined the shape of music. And I guess that, that's a big main point here is that streaming is radically changing that because even, you know, the 40 minute album is like the ideal album in a lot of people's minds. And that's just because the vinyl record has two 20 minute sides, basically. But that also sort of shapes things because most artists would construct an album that like has two 20 minute kind of segments you know there's like a a intended breather you know we kind of peak and crescendo once and then we like do it again that's the whole story of the album because you actually have to flip the thing over um 
you know, in the CD era, that gets all warped and wonky. Um, but people, for the most part, seem to kind of stick to that, like, 40, 45-minute idea. Some albums get really long. I think we could do another podcast one day on why rap specifically, uh, you know, <laughs> is always changing so much. I mean, in the 90s, rap albums get so long, and now they're getting really long and really short again. Um, but, you know, so now that everything's freed up and streams are determining everything, I mean, I think that... Yeah, I don't know. I feel shitty about just saying it, but it just seems like a lot of mainstream artists are not interested in any kind of like artistic reason behind it. They just want the the streams. Now, what about, um, I don't know if we even need to get into this that much, but I just want to at least acknowledge that the experimental minimalist tradition of like super long pieces or super long albums, I think is different from this um, discussion. You know, I think about stuff like Philip Glass's music in 12 parts or something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there might be a few interesting things to say about Autekker, um, but a little bit later. But you know, like, do you agree with me, Dan? Like, this is just not the same. No, it just doesn't. Print. It doesn't. It's in a different set of rules, like I sort of said before. You know, you think of something like Lamont Young's The Well-Tuned Piano. Yeah. If The Well-Tuned Piano was forty minutes, it would not have the same effect as it being, you know however the five yeah. hours or well, whatever about, it is how about you know this, it, though, it's because, part of the thing yeah or like a wagner opera is meant to be huge exactly know? So like the and size like, has to be huge yeah. but this is my my question is do you think that's happening because we talked about how short albums use the power of the word album um long albums seem to kind of use the their power as well which is that you know migos or Drake or somebody, they know that they can make like a big splash if they drop a huge album. Like everybody will be talking about it mm-hmm. and they can maybe stand out a little bit by being like, here's a big, you know, big, big album. Like listen to it all summer. I mean, Darren, do you think there's any intention there? Like size, in the same way as the like minimalist tradition, size used as kind of like a, you know, you got to take this seriously. It's big, it's a big project, you know? I mean, I don't, not from like the hip hop perspective, because I remember what, whichever one of those Drake albums that we ended up reviewing on the old show, like views, remember hating how long it was, you know what I mean? Like, and how, but did you, but maybe the bubble's been burst, right? Because when he announced it, I was like, holy shit, you know, this is going to be like his magnum opus because it's fucking like an hour 30, you know, it's like, he's making a big statement here. This is like his. His right, late career masterpiece. His, his sequence, it, it, he didn't even care about sequencing, basically. Yeah, yeah. You can mix the album up what, however you yeah. wanted. It was a playlist, basically. Yeah, and it was almost like he took advantage of the history of the big album, which like puts weight, it adds weight to the release, and it turns out it was just like a kind of scam, and now we all know it's a scam. So when Migos releases <laughs> Culture 2, nobody went into that thinking like, all right, they've decided to make their masterpiece. Here it is, you know? Yeah. So what? So what does it mean? What does it mean now? Then, like when people say, "Yeah, I got a double album on the way" or "Triple album on the way." When you look at it on Spotify, it's twenty or twenty-five tracks. There's not even you don't even know where the first album ends anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's true. I true. Com- completely. Um, you know, you you don't know. It, it's even hard when you when you listen to like you know older stuff that was meant to be. You know, like the white album doesn't look like a double album anymore. Yeah, it just exactly. looks like it just you looks like get, an you go album. From Julia to birthday, and it's like yeah, there's yeah, no. 
I really I, hate that, actually. No, I I, agree, I completely agree. You know, like, I think there's plenty of records from the past that even, you know, especially double records, but even just single records that, like, really benefited from that you have to pause in the middle of it, you know, stop yeah. and go pick it up and flip it over. You know, there was like a... a or how about this? You head to school... <laughs> and you got to pick which disc to put in your CD <laughs> yes. player to no. carry around all day. I yes. spent a lot of time that. deciding which, you know, which <laughs> one or two CDs I would bring with me. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. want to sound like some, you know, old man that, you know, <laughs> back <laughs> right. in my day. But, you know, there was something to that, uh, to not have everything it at is, your fingertips. Because even, even, you know, now, if I'm not like... You know, when I get in between records, you know, if something new hasn't come out and I, you know, I'm just like, oh, I don't really know what to listen to. I'll spend fucking 45 minutes scrolling through, <laughs> you know, all the artists I have saved on Spotify. And I'll, yeah. I'll be like, uh, it's like when you try to watch something on Netflix. And exactly. Just, like, it's so it's like, it's almost better to only have, you know, yes, 10 yes. things to but, choose from. But to your earlier point, you know, I really, I personally, and I think all, all people should do this. Like when you're listening to an old album, um, you know, figure out where side A and side B are and just like take a mental note of that and like re- recognize that you would have had to flip the thing over because it was designed that way. It was designed to be like, you know, divided into sort of two pieces or when you had to change discs or whatever. I mean, I think it's a goddamn shame that they erase that on Spotify. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically dead. And, you know, maybe Ugh. Drake and Migos and others are just they're just ahead of the game they've abandoned the formatting because you know bands and indie groups that are still hanging on to this idea of an album i mean people aren't going to school with cds you know what i mean they don't have to choose one album to listen to like and how, how long is this can can this like idea of a single album even you know what i mean like hmm how long can it go on or will we end up with because if you recall right uh tom york during like the around the release of in rainbows was actually talking about you know what we're just gonna release one song every once and they did for a little bit one a week or whatever yeah like that was and i i I honestly i was like i was frightened i was like you're telling me there's not gonna be another (laughs) radiohead album ever again he's just gonna release a song every now and then Oh. Now I I com- I completely agree that you know, th- and this is maybe me being old, but I I'm I'm frightened of of going back to you know. I, sometimes I feel like we're regressing a little bit and getting back to you know pre Beatles when the album wasn't really a thing. You know, people release singles. You know, maybe there'd be you know albums pre Beatles were sort of just compilations of right. of you know singles and and B sides whatnot. Um, I, I hope we don't ever get back there because, yeah, like you, like you said, Darren, you know, if somebody releases a song that's not on a record, you know, even like Kanye, All Day, like that's a great song and it's, yeah. you know, it's on my banger playlist and basically the only time I ever hear it is if, you know, I people are over and, you know, we're having a cookout and yeah, I got the banger yeah. playlist on because <laughs> when, when do I ever just want to listen to one yeah, song, know, you know, randomly yeah. and, you know, those couple um, Radiohead ones. Yeah, you know, I probably haven't listened to those songs since they came out because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't have a Radiohead playlist and yeah, I'm I mean, not going to just I'm put on skeptical. one song. Honestly, I'm skeptical because 
like I was saying earlier, I mean, I think just the word album still has a lot of power. Like it makes people take for now, your, but you know what? What about I think in 30 it will. Years? I think it will continue to. It, 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 I it hope makes, it makes your your batch of songs an event. I think that we will always be there, and that's what you know. Okay, I really don't want this conversation to get completely out of control. But if you think about like the history <laughs> of the album, okay, and what Sgt. Pepper's meant to the idea of the album you know the reason it was so famous is because it was like the first time where it just seemed to click for people i mean obviously this isn't strictly true but at least in a mainstream way a lot of people took notice of like hey you can use this whole disc as like one artistic statement or whatever and mm-hmm. you know ever since that's been sort of what people expect and anything less is i don't know lazy or or, or just less it's just not the same artistic level and still today somehow that's that has that weight it like carries that whole history where it's like i don't know if beyonce released one song tomorrow like you know you would hear about it but like what would everybody react they would say oh my god maybe she's got an album coming you know what i mean like still people would do that um that's a that's a good point when when um frank ocean did that with uh chanel and yeah one or two other ones you know everybody was like oh you know is there a new frank ocean record coming and there wasn't you know yeah at least not yet you know what i mean darren yeah i mean i think i think people still care i think for now that's still a thing but i just worry that the the longer we're in in this whole generation of streaming um i really worry if that the the album this concept that you're describing will fade away you know i i really doubt it and i think also on top of that there's always going to be people like us they're really well that like care a lot about it um uh, you know we're already gonna be old, people. though what's gonna happen when we're <laughs> okay, there are there are young people just like us that are like you know really anal retentive about the way their music is tagged and you know like all the same shit that we do. Make sure the album art is exactly right. Like pissed off when, you know, Spotify only has like the, you know, they don't have the German mono pressing of Beach Boys pet sounds. Like there are always going to be people like that. And those people will always care. And pe- and there will always be music made for those people. Uh, that's what I believe. But okay. Um, to kind of steer, steer this back on track, the long album, we've talked about how it sucks. I want to know, is there a way to make this good? Because I think we were talking in the last section about the short album. I think there's a cynical reason behind it. Tira Whack, Earl Sweatshirt, get as many streams as possible with very short tracks, keep people's attention. And yet, those are good albums, particularly the Earl Sweatshirt album. Great album. And this has always been the case. A lot of great albums, they take um, financial issues into consideration. You know, like... I think the Beatles, I mean, how about like, can you believe that uh, Led Zeppelin's physical graffiti, it was like an album and a half and they were like, do we have any old shit that we could just throw on there to make it two? <laughs> and then they were like, uh, they just found it and it's like a classic, you know, perfect record. Um, you know, so financial considerations have always been a thing. It doesn't mean the music isn't good. So is it possible to make this long streaming friendly playlist world album good i think about ray schremer now i don't think this was a perfect album by any stretch but like i said earlier they actually tried to break it up into three like distinct projects under the same name and it felt more digestible because it was like them together then they're two like quite different styles in like short nine song pieces i mean i thought that was 
kind of ingenious and they got to have it both ways. Like it's not just cheap stream shit, but they still get the stream counts. You know what I mean? Now, Is it possible? I thought what they did was was really smart, you know, because, uh, you know, that record, I listened to the group Ray Shrimmer disc um, more than the uh, two solo ones. And it's uh-huh. like, normally I would feel like a little, you know, I'm so, st- I'm so stuck in that uh, album format that I never, I, like, you know, like the Migos record, you know, I like some of the songs on it, but I just never, I never feel like listening to the whole thing, so I never do. Whereas the Ray Shermer thing, it was like, you know, it's one album, but it's these three yeah. parts, and so you don't feel bad, like, just listening to the one you like. And some days, you know? yeah, it would just be like, yeah, I'll just listen to, you know, Slim Jimmy's record, and... No, exactly. And, it's like it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card, you know? It's like, ah, you could, yeah. you could do it, you know, you can just listen to part of this album, uh, you know, it's like they're allowing you to do you're getting you're having your cake right. and eating it too. Yes, because album geeks like us can still be like, hey, that's a nice album, you know? Like you see what I'm saying, Darren? Like don't you think that more people should kind of do this? Yeah, I mean, it's the the biggest difference between what you've described on Ray Shremmerd and like the Drake album is sequencing, right? I mean, they obviously took the time to say, all right, we've got all these tracks, we're going to break them up into you know, like a little solo here, solo there, and then the, then us two together. You know, if they, if all of those were like intermingled, right, and they still tried to sell it as like their three projects, it would not, it probably wouldn't work, right? Because like, it would sound right. as if you wouldn't be able to discern one album from the next. But it it seems as though you could pretty clearly tell what portion of the album you are in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. If, if people mm-hmm. put in that sort of effort, then I I think that you know album junkies like us could totally get on board with that. But I can't get yeah. on board with Drake just spewing thirty tracks at ran- that I could just hit random and yeah, I know, it I would know. would not know the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that people will figure this out as they always do, and it won't mean like that all music turns to shit. I think that people will do kind of innovative things like Ray Schremer did and kind of work within the system. Um, I have a question. Yeah. So we've talked about, you know, the short album. We've talked about the long album. But what is the perfect album length? Well, I've said before that I am a big, big fan of the double album. And I particularly like ones that you were describing, Darren, where people, where bands get like a little weird and they, they give you a lot to explore. So something like Pavement's Wowie Zowie is like right up my alley where it's like, they're like these big statement songs, but there's also these like little weird, like nuggets just tossed off. And, you know, it's the white album template of, um, you know, just a world to explore. I think that, you know, they're uninhibited, but then there's also, there's also tight stuff, you know, like white album still has like, while my guitar gently weeps and complete classics like that. But then you get to like dig around and find like, I will and Rocky raccoon, you know, it's so much, so much fun. That is my favorite, favorite album type. But let, um, let me ask you this, though. Both in the case of the White Album and Wowie Zowie, how much do you think the existence of prior albums, you know, like Sgt. Pepper and for the Beatles and like Crooked Rain, Crooked, Crooked Rain, like how much of that matters to how much you love the double album? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like by the this time you good, get to the double question. album, you've already, you've already That's loved a good them. Question. You didn't start with Wowie Zowie, right? Yeah, you're right. This is a good question. Yeah, because it's like you're kind of already invested. You're already like interested in exploring um i think that's interesting and also another thought that i had that's related is that 
in our minds, we kind of like, how do I put this? It's going to sound like some stoner shit, but it's like we kind of create <laughs> double albums in our head anyway. Or like <clears throat> we think of the Beatles, you know, their whole discography, like as if it was one project sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, especially with older bands that are sort of finished, you know, like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see like what the, you mean. Yeah. The Beatles. And it's like, you know, it's almost like, I don't know, it sounds ridiculous, but it's almost like the Ray Schremer thing of like, the Beatles are this one huge album divided into smaller albums. You know, like, it's like, Let's get I don't know how high. to say what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> I don't know how to say high what I'm right saying, now. but it's like, <laughs> I, I just kind of had this thought that like, that's the key to like you know these these big albums is like you know we already are comfortable with big albums because we digest a you know we discover a band like today in 2019 somebody's discovering the beatles and they're going to kind of like work through their whole discography and they're going to digest the whole thing in like two weeks and it's almost like it's one huge like 10 disc album or something but you know if they spend enough time with it they'll dig into every little like nook and cranny and think of them as separate but also together you know i mean that's just the i don't i get get what you're trying to say but i i think i think darren's question is is a really good point though you know the beatles like earned the white album you know pavement earned wowie zowie you know and and i i think that's how a lot of things are to me i think the perfect length for a record is about 40 ish minutes you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 a good enough time from you know outside of you know weird experimental things where i do love you know i, I love well doomed piano i love kesto you know i attacker right those super long things but for your normal pop record or and even you know maybe a little bit weirder than pop i think 40-ish minutes is is kind of perfect it's it's plenty of time to to fully flesh out an idea um yeah you know it's not too short it's not too long it 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 you can I can hold my attention usually for that long, and I think even some experimental things uh, work at that length. Uh, you know, not to say, and some pop things work longer than that. You know, beautiful dark twisted fantasy is uh, over an hour. I think it's it's perfect. You know, I don't I don't think there's a minute wasted on that record, but it, that's few and far between to find those examples. Even with the double album, like you you know you came up with white album, you know daydream nation, wowie zowie stuff like that. But you know, it's not like there's hundreds of of those records. You know, like you you can you yeah, can come up yeah. with maybe a dozen or something that that really were good examples of it. Um, so I, th- I think. I mean, I, I I think my real answer is just like <clears throat> there is no right length. It's like the White Album uses its long length to its you know mm-hmm. to its benefit, and that's then probably some short albums. I mean, is that how you feel, Darren? I mean. Uh, I, I agree with you, but if I were to pick, I would probably lean towards what Dan said, like 35 to 40 minutes. And, you know, here's why, like, and I, I think about it, it's a kind of a, from a personal stance, but like my listening habits have obviously changed over the years, you know, whereas the bus ride to school, you know, I kind of knew yeah, that I had yeah. like 30, 35 minutes. So it's like, I was kind of already naturally inclined to that length uh uh, you know albums that could fit in there because i wanted to hear the whole thing and be finished by the time i got Mm -hmm. to my destination you know that changes a little bit maybe once you get to college you kind of have more time spent maybe around a campus i don't know like you just you're listening a lot more and um 
you know, in one single session that shifted again once, you know, I kind of get into like a regular job and like, I can't just sit there and listen to two hours nonstop. Yeah, like I'm yeah. working, I, I have other things going on, but like, man, can I bang out like a 30 minute album or 40 minute album with like to focus on some task? Yes, it's perfect. Yeah. I think that that's a perfect like description of it. I mean, just last night I was, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff about the new Swans record got announced and I was like, you know, I was real stoked real in a swans mood and i was like oh i'm gonna listen to to be kind and then it was and then i was like oh it's 11 o'clock it, it won't finish so it's, uh, you know 1 30 i i gotta be up for work in the morning what am i thinking wow. and i did and i You've did listen to soft it. in your old age i know exactly uh you know and even even today at, at work i i was listening to a bunch of uh next records um because of the swans announcement and um yeah. You know, I, I had like 45 minutes before I was going to leave work, and I was like, ah, damn, can't start the next one. It's, a, it's an hour It's an hour and 15 minutes, you know? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, I listened to something, you know, just, I listened to Berlin from Lou Reed, you know, just something short enough that, you know, that fit in that time I had left at work. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I have like the opposite problem because I'm basically just like writing a dissertation right now, and I'm like you know when i'm reading i just like to listen to music the whole time and so whenever i'm reading about something and i'm like oh it's like a person like just playing vibraphones for four hours <laughs> yeah you got yes. four hours yeah, yeah i mean that's I what i meant listened. by like that college era where yeah you yeah. were just like doing yeah. a whole lot of listening you know you had the time yeah yeah all right so you know there is a bunch of sort of leftover stuff that i think could honestly make its own podcast each of these things um or at least its own podcast episode. I guess it would be insane to make an entire <laughs> podcast series about some of these things. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're getting a little low on time. So I just want to kind of like ask you guys what, you know, are there any other last minute things we want to talk about? Some of these things that I thought of are like, you know, we, we alluded to this, but playlist mixtape, you know, Drake released that like more life playlist. I think mm-hmm. it was the same idea of like, this won't be a real album. Like, don't take it too seriously. Don't get mad at me if it sucks, you know, um, other stuff I think is really interesting, like Autekers NTS sessions and particularly AE Live, which is another thing I've been listening to a lot lately because they released a new batch of live recordings and it completely fucked me up because, you know, I, I thought of the album, capital A album, AE Live, as these like nine tracks that came out in 2015 or whatever. And now mm-hmm. like 19 more have come out and I'm like, wait, are these like, is this the same album? Is this like AE well- Live 2? Is this, you know... Even that, remember, they released an initial batch in Yeah, you're right, you're right. And then a <laughs> well, second Well, it was like a couple batch. months later, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then now, yeah. yeah, now there's this this third batch that's bigger than the first two combined. Yeah, that, right. that one is. And me and you, you know, through well, text, like, uh, tried to figure out how to tag it even. You know, is yeah, it separate? Yeah, I know. Uh, is, are they separate Well, my point records? is... My point is, like, you know, even the NTS sessions, we were like, what mm-hmm. is this? You know, is, are, is this, like, four albums? Or, like, is the whole thing an album? And... The point is, I feel like some artists, like I don't think I don't think Kanye is really genuinely like, or Drake, you know, is really like pushing against in an artistic way the idea of the album. Um, I think they're kind of using the idea of the album to like t- sell records, you know, or whatever. But like so artists like Autech or another, and plenty of other artists are like, I think, actively using the digital world to play with that to destroy those boundaries in i think really interesting ways but again i think that's a whole a whole nother episode um anything else that you guys think we should sort of touch on in these last couple of minutes here 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, like you said, with the Autecker, I think that they're just... They they live in their own, you know, we're living in 2019, they're in <laughs> yeah. 3019 or something. So, you know, I don't think you can look at them for the, the zeitgeist of how, you know, albums are being uh, labeled and, and considered. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think, I think we've, we've touched on most of it. What do you, what do you think, Darren? Yeah. I mean, I guess if I could like summarize sort of my feelings on it, you know, I think we've distinguished that, um, the album capital a album has evolved over the decades you know i think we are in we are at the kind of at the start of a new era i really feel like um with the Uh streaming era i don't think we're we're at i I don't think we know we can say for sure what's going to happen you know in the next 10 years um you know dan made a pretty good point about the possibility of the album just disintegrating into just singles again gabe you made a really strong point about now there will still be people who are going to care about this this thing because it's it has it has such a long legacy you know and i yeah i'm more inclined to agree now that i think about it um but i i think we are at like a really interesting point you know and i i don't know if like maybe hip-hop will take its own direction you know what i mean and Mm-hmm. And indie and rock music will just try yeah, to stick to yeah. the album trend. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, but um, I know it, it's hard, right? It's, yeah. I mean, because I was thinking about, we talked about this on our old podcast because when we started our old podcast, this was like a thing, mm-hmm. but the idea of album exclusives, like streaming platforms, having exclusive albums. When and that just seemed Fuse, like that was one of the first big ones. Yeah. You're right. And I was, and we were all like, holy shit, we're heading into an arms race. It was hard like, for us to review it because you, yeah. you download Apple music and like, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but ripped it for us <laughs> so that we could review yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's just like, we, we, we all had this sense like, holy shit, this is going to change everything. And then poof, like that fucking whole concept just vanished. Mm-hmm. There's no, there are no more like album exclusives and, um, it had no enormous impl- the implications that we thought it was going to mm-hmm. have. You know what I mean, Darren? Like who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I was just thinking as you were describing that, you know, like I think when we started the first podcast, I was still using an iPod. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then you guys convinced me to get Well, you yeah, and... I mean, you were a little bit behind the times. I was not, behind. Let's yeah, not yeah, pretend yeah. like <laughs> we started in the iPod times. <laughs> we were yeah. we were a good 10 years past the iPod. Yeah, we, yeah, we were. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we solved the problem, question, whatever <laughs> at, at all. But um, you know, let us know what you think. Um, we'd love to read your thoughts on the air. You can email us anytime about anything. Popshieldpod at gmail dot com. We'll have your next episode in two weeks. Uh, probably going to be about the doors, I think. And uh, if you like the show, help us out by subscribing. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Stay connected. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that junk. It's at Pop Shield Pod. And I guess uh, we'll see you next time. See you. So long.